Blog Talk Radio. And welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, episode number 303. Good evening. It is Thursday night. It is January the 19th, 2012. I am Steve San Pietro, one of your hosts of the show, the podcast. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, we are live coming to you from Bayside, New York, and also from Comac, New York, uh, where my partner resides, my partner in crime, my partner in the Sublime, my partner in Genzyme Corporation, which is a made-up corporation from, like, RoboCop. No, actually, Cal, you're going to laugh. One of the guys who listens to our show a lot, our buddy from the Yaya's, Jay Mafali, uh, who's who I work with, who's still working on a new version of the Fun Load song, Cal, after, okay. listening, after listening to last week's episode, he sent me a link <laughs> the the uh, rhyming link for everything that rhymes with uh, my partner in, or with crime. Oh, great! Right, and I forgot it. <laughs> I had like I had like oh. eight great ones, and I blew it. But that's okay. He sent it to me. I'll I'll look it up next week. I you know I was so overwhelmed with looking up sports uh, and being ready oh. for tonight's show with the Giants and the NFC Championship game and the, the, all the ridiculousness with the Jets and. Uh, the Mets uh, and everything that I forgot, so I came with Genzyme. What do you think? Yeah, um, maybe find that list if yeah. you can. Maybe look up that uh, that list. Welcome to the show, Cal. Coming to us live yeah. from you're in Comac. I'm in Bayside. Let's give out the addresses so people can find us. Why not? <laughs> Cal could be in your driveway. Bry, I don't understand why you're not called. Be in your house. In your house. You could be psychic friends. Cal, how are you, pal? What's going on? Good. I'm good. I'm good. How are you, Steve? I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing well. As you know, I'm. I'm overwhelmed right now. I'm. Tech- yeah. Technology overwhelmed. Technologically. Yeah. What's uh? What is this I hear? You are um leaping into the 21st century. That's right. I'm, longer, I'm no longer a Luddite. I, uh, no, I got an iPhone. I finally made the leap to the iPhone. I've been a BlackBerry guy for years. And you I got, got an iPhone. got an iPhone today. I got Look the 4S. And uh, it is... Baby's first iPhone, huh? Baby's first... <laughs> Cal, it is fancy. Yeah? I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I now officially feel like my grandmother must have felt the first time she went to program the VCR. <laughs> like that's how 
and I'm a pretty tech, you know, technology savvy guy. That's how far away this is for me. Does it does it make phone calls? It's still yeah, blink. It's still blinking twelve, twelve o'clock. I don't know what. <laughs> I seriously don't know what to do. Oh, that's I'm, great. I, I am so. I'm not a Mac guy. Don't have any Macs. Always been a PC guy. The only uh, Apple product that I've owned is a uh, an iPod, and I, right. I didn't even have like a big one. I had like a Nano. Like I'm <laughs> like that's it. So this is you know the the a whole new world was playing from uh, uh, <laughs> Little Mermaid. It was just bad night. The phone. It's funny they don't come. It doesn't come with an instruction instruction booklet anymore, does it? You have to go online to read the instructions on how to use it, right? No, no, it does. It does. Oh, it did. Oh, it, yeah. Look at that. It's, uh, it's maybe I don't know. There's stickers. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, Calvin, I tell you, I got it at like seven o'clock tonight. I came home. You know, I, we had dinner with the little guy. The little guy sits at the table now, Cal. That's like the oh, thing. Like we have we have dinner nice now. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, the three of us. Does he set the table? Have you have you assigned those chores to him yet? Or he really cracked the whip around this these parts. Listen, pretty soon he's gonna need to get a job. I mean, he's thirteen months. Let's you know enough of the free ride here, kid. The rent ain't paying itself. Let's go. Did you pass the BlackBerry on to him? Yes. Yes. Of course. Which he was ecstatic about. I haven't. Oh. I haven't. I gave it to him, but I still want to see if I can turn it on. Because it's useless right. now. It's it's shut off. So uh, he loves that thing. Oh, does he love that thing? Can we – can Dr. E. Ray and I use him in our BlackBerry chat now? Will he respond to us instead of you? <laughs> yes. He'll, okay, be on, he'll be on BBM. Well, I know that you have an iPad. I have an iPad, yes. You got for Christmas, which you probably still don't know what you're doing with yet. I uh, Barely. Right. Dr. E. Ray Stat got an iPad. Pop culture, right. pop culture PJ, because of uh, by what his wife does for a living, the company that she works for, we can't say obviously. No, yeah, well, sure. It's a little like the chocolate company that he, you know, that he used to work. We can't name the chocolate company, the chocolate factory <laughs> that Willie the PJ the Pooh worked in. But uh, he, gets to, he gets to like test iPad apps, so he's got an iPad. And it came down to for Christmas, like, do you do I want an i? I couldn't justify the iPad, so I went iPhone. You, you usually you can't justify it. That's right. It really it really is you know a pretty gluttonous thing to have. It's a luxury item. It's a luxury item. I wasn't expecting it. I still don't know why I have it. How? <laughs> how? Well, you're using Uvu on it right now. We use Uvu for our video calls. And you're on it right now with Uvu. I am. So I got to tell you a quick funny story. Speaking of video calls, you can do FaceTime, right? Yes. Again, setting the VCR. The cows can program something by now. <laughs> like I, I literally am Daniel Stern in, in, in uh, what do you call it, uh, City Slickers. You know, they're sitting there. So what if I'm recording something? The cows could tape something by now. He doesn't get it. He's never going to get it. So I accidentally – so my brother has the iPhone 4S, which he got about eight minutes after it came out, mm-hmm. naturally. Of course. And uh, I accidentally FaceTime called him because we were texting okay. yeah. at an inopportune time. Oh. How's that? 
Um, <laughs> should we stop right there? I yeah I I well are we good? Are we good? Are we clear? If you think about it, it could be any number of things. But if he's texting you at the same time, it really can only mean one thing. Inopportune time for me to FaceTime call him. Oh, inopportune not, time for you. Yes, not the best time. Oh. When would I have a couple of seconds to mess? <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> Inappropriate. Oh boy. Let's welcome in our uh, our producer because uh, he definitely you know has something to say about this, no doubt. And uh, let's welcome him. Let's welcome him to the show. Last week he dropped so many names, Cal. He was giving them away. The third one was free. That's how many names he dropped last week. This guy knows everybody. Very big uh, our producer, Bishop Popcorn joins us. You know what it is? It's just that people, people, you know, they they recommend me. They speak highly. Excuse us. No, wow. well, they, they they speak highly of me. My name gets passed along from person to person. You're like a you're sort of like a Ben Affleck. Oh God. Of, of that world. You know, I'm going back to like 1997 Ben Affleck. Interesting. And you know why that is, PJ? Because in in that realm, you know, guys want to, you know, be you and girls want to be with you. Yeah. So that's Ben Affleck. Yeah. That's why he has that, you know, that that's Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford has that appeal. More like guys want to borrow well, something from me and women want to Use me, but that's close. <laughs> right. It's and close. not not even remotely in a sexual way. But no, that's, no, that's no never. That no. doesn't get brought up. Hey, Peach, Cal, just uh I know you wanted a, you're dying to comment on me messing with the iPhone while I'm on the can. But um <laughs> Oh, is that what it was? I I thought it was gonna be something like diaper change or something. Uh that's what it was. It was diaper change. Oh, all right. Yeah. Uh, sure. We'll we'll say that for the record. Uh, but Cal accidentally brought up George Clooney just moments ago. No one accidentally mentions Clooney. I want you to tell Cal uh, what we have decided George Clooney is. <laughs> he's the uh, he, he's the gay litmus test. Go on. <laughs> he's. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't I don't like this, this that everything I say Cal is so incredulous about. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm not I I'm not incredulous, but I'm intrigued by by where you're going with this. I want to I want to hear this. Well, speaking of chatting and 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 texting. Uh Steve and I were chatting and texting and uh somehow got on the subject of Boy, wouldn't you be shocked to find out so and so was uh, was gay? Right among okay. uh, among our friends. Right, like we weren't talking like celebrities or whatever. And again, let us preface this by strongly saying this has nothing to do with any sort of uh, anything. This was just us having a conversation, no. saying not that there's anything wrong. <laughs> That's right. Thank you, Cassandra. No, of course not. 
No, we we were just saying, like, you know who I'd be shocked if he was, like, I would be floored if such and such was gay. Right. Right. It's like the it's like the steroid test that we always talk about. That's it. It's Derek Jeter. Right. Right. Like finding out that Derek Jeter <laughs> tests positive for steroids. You'd be shocked. Shocked. So we started talking about our, our top five of our friends or, you know, who we know. No family. Can't include family in this. Because, like, if I found out my dad was gay, I'd be shocked. Obviously. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I said I'm actually willing to believe that it's in the realm of possibility for almost every single person I know. That's right. To have to uh, have thought about maybe retreating into the closet with Clooney. <laughs> and Clooney was the litmus test. <laughs> Clooney is oh okay. So Clooney is the test. If you Clooney's it, the guy who he, he who lures you to the closet, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I have many people in my life, many guys, you know, guy friends in my life that would turn down three minutes with Clooney in the closet. <laughs> Even just to talk, they don't have to do anything in the closet. <laughs> like just That's to hang out. No, it's just, just right. to talk. It's the school just, of life. Why would you? Why would you skip that class in the school of life? Right. That's right. Anyway, uh, Clooney is is the is absolutely the gay litmus test. Now I could name drop here, but I'm not going to. And not saying anything so, about Clooney. Who's to say Clooney wants anything to do with you? Oh, he. But I I don't. I think if George and I were to meet, we'd be buddies. We'd be. Doesn't he seem like that guy to everybody? Yeah. I think I think he'd be a little phony. Like you would walk away from it thinking, "Wow, I'm buddies with Clooney." And he wouldn't even remember what he just said to you. Oh, I just I have heard otherwise, Cal. That's very cold. Really? What? I, I, I think Cal is opinion. jaded. I am. I'm jaded by Hollywood. Put Cal high on the list. <laughs> you just passed the Clooney litmus test, my friend. This is RTU Sports with Jade and San Pete. <laughs> <laughs> with Trite and San Pete. Um, right. What do you call it? My partner no, I, in I, Jade, my partner in Spade, my partner in Fade. Certainly can I, rhyme a lot more with my partner in Ruben Kincaid. See? <laughs> he's like over it. One. Brian Calvin. He's over it. It's just the Brian Calvin. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not even get him talking about sports and, like, how over he is his teams. Like, no. forget about it. I mean, if you think he's over Hollywood, folks, you should see how he feels about the Mets right now. <laughs> he is over it. San Antonio Holmes over it. Wait a minute, go back. I want to hear you name drop. I, I'm not going to do it. I am. I, I will simply say this. I have heard uh, through the grapevine <laughs> that Johnny and the Mothers are playing Stopping at the Savoy tonight. No. <laughs> it's still from Johnny Dangerously, one of the greatest lines of all time. Um, no, I've heard that he's a really good guy, that he's a really genuine down to earth kind of guy. And, you know, you can, uh, be talking sports with him or talk, you know, again, guys want to be him and girls want to be with him. You think he has an iPhone 4S? I'm guessing he probably does. Do you think he flirts with Siri? They give him away like candy at those, uh, award shows, like candy. That's right. It's in every basket. An iPhone. At least one. At least one. Hey, did, speaking of baskets and, and award shows, did anybody catch the uh, the Golden Globes the other night? 
Or were we all like, too uh, pooed out from the Giants' huge victory over Speaking of jaded, <laughs> I don't do award shows anymore. I'm sorry. At all? I can't remember the last one I did. Actually, I can, but you'll make fun of me. It was the Tonys. We won't, why would we make fun of you? <laughs> That's my litmus test. <laughs> I don't know. What you, I don't know what you're uh, insinuating. I like exactly. to watch the acts. <laughs> I they like have good <laughs> performances. <laughs> now you're my grandmother. You know, again, we're referencing my grandmother on this show. Now you're my grandmother. I like the performances and the young stars. They did a nice. They did a nice job. Good and numbers. Her voice was lovely. I love the Broadway numbers. I do. That was, that was some number. Let, let's be honest. I don't know. If I was impressed with the Australian fella. <laughs> you know, so the tall. fella that hosted. I didn't know he was so tall. He <laughs> he played Peter Allen. You know, that's not that's not easy. <laughs> I was playing Peter Allen just before the show. <laughs> Reminds me of one of my favorite SNL sketches when Kevin Klein hosted. I'm Peter Allen. Oh, yeah. The Harvey Fire. While we're on the topic, the Harvey Firestone, uh, Fi- Harvey Firestone chats. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, great sketch, Peach. Definitely Google that when we when we start talking about sports. Definitely, uh, definitely Google. Uh, I'll be googling Harvey Firestein. It was it was Lovitz it was Lovitz playing Harvey. You remember these, Cal, right? Sure. Yeah. yeah. It was Lovitz playing. Lovitz Harvey. did Harvey Firestein all the time. Yeah, he did him. Oh perfect. right, right. It, I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? That's it. That was the sketch. But what he would do is he would have like three guests on, and his third guest on this particular uh, version of the sketch was Kevin Klein playing Peter Allen, <laughs> and everything that he says as Peter Allen, he sings. Right, right. So he's like standing right. at the piano. He's like, "Hi, Peter. I'm Peter Allen." That's that's right. That's right. Now we're sitting Peter. here with Lee Iacocca. Lee, if you were a gay bee, <laughs> what kind of bee would you be? Now, a gay bee. I know you're not a gay bee. <laughs> I know you're not gay, but if you were, but would if you, you were, att- would you find me attractive? <laughs> And then Kevin Klein as Peter Allen. No, I wouldn't. Not in a billion, billion years, I really couldn't. Yeah. I just want to be loved. Is that so wrong? Be loved. Is that so wrong? I'll tell you oh, what. No. Lovett's underrated SNL performer. Underrated by who? What, you you feel... Let's play the game real quick. Rated, underrated, overrated. Lovett's on you. SNL. Vastly overrated. What? Oh, we're doing... <laughs> no, no, not me. Not Cal... on the show. <laughs> Cal... Cal... Swami, Love... underrated. <laughs> the fun load, overrated. Uh, <laughs> Cal, love it on SNL. Rated, overrated, underrated. What does rated mean? That means he's he's appropriately perfect. remembered. Yeah, exactly. Appropriately, thank you, Cal. Once again, you have crystallized my thoughts. <laughs> he was appropriately remembered. They sent a nice bouquet. It was a nice fruit basket. He read a poem. It was not too long. He was appropriately remembered. It's something from edible arrangements. It was delicious. That's right. Uh, Cal, go ahead. Levitz, Lo- Lovitz, Levitz. You'll love it. Levitz. Levitz. Siemens. 
Raymore and Flanagan. Did you just, did you just whip out a Huffman Coos? <laughs> I guess I will, and I'll do it again. Oh, my. Please, please, while we go talk about the Giants, please find that commercial and play it. <laughs> Huffman Coos. Commercial. You're gonna I love. I think we do a better job doing our own. <laughs> we don't need to play clips. We could just, you know, do voices oh, and make it God, up. God, I have not heard Huffman in twenty years. I'm sorry. Holy mackerel! For those of you who don't know, everyone uh, knows. Everyone knows. Yeah. Who am I kidding? Everyone knows. Uh, Cal, love it. <laughs> Come on. Rated, <laughs> overrated, underrated. Quick. Appropriately overrated. rated. Overrated? You're going, Cal? Yeah, a little bit. Wow. I I don't agree on SNL. I'm going to go underrated. PJ, you're the tiebreaker here. Even though I think it's a ridiculous category, I'll say appropriately rated. (laughs) I think he he gets plenty of kudos. I hear them. I I think he gets too many. I don't think he gets enough. This has been Ready to Unload. What Cal. a scintillating panel we have tonight, <laughs> with gentlemen. Ready to Unload with Jaded and Overrated. <laughs> <laughs> After this. All right, Peach, we're going to go talk about the Giants. We'll talk to you in a bit. If you must. We're calling you Huffman Coos, by the way, for the rest of the show, without a doubt. Thank you. Okay. Just Coos, please. Coos. <laughs> the Coos. Uh, <laughs> uh, Cal, how about them Giants? Huh? Man. Time for the big unload brought to you by Huffman Coos <laughs> and Levitt's Furniture. You'll love it at Levitt's. I wonder, are they even in business anymore, Huffman Coos? New no. negatory. Okay. But you're gonna you're gonna like the way I look. I guarantee it. <laughs> That's meant. That's been around for a long time, by the way. They have quietly. That guy's been around for. Remember Sims? Sims. Oh, Cy Sims. Cy Sims, where the educated consumer is our best customer. See, these have to be good taglines, because 20 years later, I still remember them. Oh, yeah. You'll love it at Levitt's. That's magnificent. How can you do better than that? Well, that's an easy one to remember. Can you remember the song, though? You love it at Levitt's. Bingo, bingo. That's it. I mean, that's that's how you write a jingle, Cal. That's it. (laughs) Was that written by Barry Manilow, too? <laughs> he wrote all those jingles. That was written by Alan Thicke. Alan Thicke? I think he sung it. <laughs> Cal, let me give you another little jingle. I got a feeling the Giants are going to the Super Bowl. What do you think? Wow. That was good. You like that? I stole that. That's the Steelers song. Is it really? Yeah. The Steelers uh, got Steelers. Pittsburgh's going to the Super Bowl. That's their big song from the 70s. Oh, wow. All my Steeler friends sing that song. Uh, and they sang it. They serenaded me with it last year after they beat the Jets in the AFC Championship game. Of course they did. So nice. It's so funny how much people like beating the Jets. Like, even my dad, who is a casual Giant fan at best. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, he's a casual football fan, but he's a Giant fan, and he is having having a party. He's just like the Swami because he hates Rex Ryan. Right. So that's fair. But he's having a party at the Jets' expense. A party. Even now? Even now. Oh, especially now. Especially now. Well, we'll get into that later. Yeah. I got a whole thing on that. Oh, you got a thing? 
Not really, but I, I've been thinking about it. Well, if you have another, if you're about to present another thesis, I'm going to alert the media because no, 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 no. Once a semester for that. Your last one was magnificent. I can't. <laughs> I got to. I got to. I got to work myself up for that one. Yeah, I'm, but but let's talk about the Giants. Well, yeah, that's because apparently uh, things happen to them uh, twice in a lifetime. Not just once in a lifetime. Miracle runs happen uh, once every four years. That's correct. It's like a leap year. It's like a presidential election. It's like an Olympic. <laughs> it happens all every four years for this team, apparently. It's unbelievable. Is Olympic the singular? It's like an Olympic. <laughs> I like how you did that. It's like, it, it, well, I would have to, otherwise it would be an Olympic Games. An, how about if it's an Olympia? An Olympiad. Olympiad. Wow. It is. It's sounds, like an Olympiad. That sounds filthy. Um, I look. I I I am trying to make good on my 2012 sports resolution. How do you want to approach this? Because we can approach this from two angles. We can approach this from the from a real positive angle. And we can approach it from the from the dissenting view. And I think we should hit both sides because we, we are an equal opportunity uh, chat fest. Sure. If you will. Sure. I will. So which, what, what do you want to start with? Do you want to start with the positives or do you want to start with the negatives? Get it all out of the way and then, you know, like talk about how great this is. My, I, I want to start with the positive because most of the dissenting – quote, unquote, I'm doing that air quotes thing like Sheila in uh, Say Anything. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, most of the dissenting view is simply because of the media's, and especially in, in, in particular the New York media's double standard and hypocrisy. Right. Um, the way that the, the Jets have, have been treated in their past two years of AFC Championship game runs. Uh, that's most of the dissension. Dissension is really not against the Giants. They're doing something very nice here. Yes, uh, they're on a great run. They're probably the hottest team in football, uh, as far as coming together, gelling. They're playing fantastic on all three phases of the game. So let's let's start with the positive. Here's the positive. We were not. I don't think you were surprised. I certainly wasn't surprised that they beat the Packers. I was surprised how easily they did it. They did it rather easily. I I I predicted uh, not predicted. I I uh, said there I thought they they were going to win, right? You did. So I picked them in that game, but I picked them in a really close game. I thought it was going to be like 38-35 and the Giants win at the end and Eli gets the ball last and blah 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 blah. They blew them out. And one of the angles that has been talked about, I don't want to talk a ton about the Packers game. Because again, it's Thursday. NFC Championship game is this Sunday. I'd rather focus more on this upcoming matchup. But what I will say, Cal, and it's somebody said it to me and I thought it was such a great point. We were talking about the game at work. Somebody said, go back to that Colts game, you know, a couple years ago when they rest guys in week sixteen. Um and, and and the Packers did that of course. I think it's you know, he didn't face live ammo for like three weeks. And I don't think you can do it with the bye. I really don't. I really don't think it's wise to to do that with a buy. 
and they looked lethargic, out of sync the entire first half. I don't know what Cal. You know we've seen teams go fifteen and one, fourteen and two. The Patriots never take that last week of the season off. And again, I'm not attributing this to why the Giants won. Don't want to take anything away from the Giants, right? Right. But they they were lethargic. They were down, and then once they hit that hail mary at the end of the half, that game was over. You found the Giants to be lethargic in the first half? No, no, the the Packers, I'm saying. The Packers. Oh, right. Right. The offense hadn't faced live ammo in, you know, in, in three weeks. I, I found them to be – I mean, how many drops did they have? How many missed routes did they have? How many times was he going to throw to Jordy Nelson and that was covered? He looked like Sanchez on some of those. And I know that's, you know, sacrilegious to say about Aaron Rodgers, but – yeah, I mean, how many times did he drop back and do that pump fake or that look left to Jordy Nelson, who seemed to be just running a flyer out every time or a stop and go? Mm-hmm. They just they just didn't look synced. They didn't look like they were uh, into the game. And I, I got to question two things. One, resting your starters in that last week. So essentially he had three weeks off. Mm-hmm. And two, obviously, the tragedy that befell the offensive coordinator uh, and uh, the offensive coordinator's son, and, and the tragic situation where you know the team had to deal with the, the offensive coordinator having to unfortunately bury his son in a, in a ridiculously tragic situation that I actually have a hard time talking about. Um, you know that obviously had an effect on them. How much? I think it had a lot. Of, I had a, it had a big effect on them. I think it had much more of an effect than anybody is really talking about. Um, it's a tricky situation because you don't like to use it as part of the game. You know, you don't want to use it as an excuse. You don't want to really reference it. It's kind of you know, it's it's there, and it, and I just I felt like it was hanging over the team going into the game on Sunday, and nobody was talking about it, but this te- most of the guys on this team were at that kid's funeral on Friday. Yeah. Just two days before the game. They're very close. I mean, the offense, the offense is, is who we're talking about that looked out of sync. It's the yeah. offensive coordinator. He calls, you know, he, he, he develops a game plan. Yeah, he, he wasn't around all week. He's the guy in in Rogers' ears, and and again, this is not to make excuses, but but no, 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 no. The angle that that we not angle, but the the way we were looking at this game, and you and I talked about it a bit this week, and I wanted to talk about it, and you did too, was that because of the delicacy of the situation, and because it is such a tragic situation, and you want to separate football and this horrific thing of, of of burying a child. Okay, bearing you know a twenty-one-year-old, that you have to give the media a pass. They can't talk about it. There's it's the huge elephant in the room that you can't talk about. You don't know how much of an effect it had. The the Packers are never going to use that as an excuse ever. No. Nope. Okay, they're way too classy of an organization to do that. So, it, but it's just it was just there. I mean, it it was. It should not have been surprising that the offense struggled, especially as much as it did in the first half. It just seemed like they weren't into it. They weren't into the game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And 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 then you throw in the fact that 
their offensive starters haven't played in three weeks. You know, somebody, I, I don't remember who it was, and it probably, it probably was Francesa. I'll give him credit because I think it was him. They talk about how fast the game moves at the NFL level. And it's not, it's actually, Francesa has mentioned it, but a lot of players that go from college to the NFL, the biggest change that they experience is the speed of the game. How fast things move and how sharp you have to be and how your reaction time has to be spot on. And if you're going like that for 15 weeks or 16 weeks with the bye week in there, you know, and and you're operating at that pace and you're operating with such precision week after week after week to then have a three week gap, you know, that's got to play a huge part in how you come out for that game. And then you throw in what happened on a personal level with this team. I mean, they're human beings. They're not robots. It's, you're not playing Madden. It's, not also, it's also not a movie. I mean, Boomer Esiason made that point, and I totally agree with it. It's not a movie. You know, in the movie, they rally behind the coach, and it becomes an inspiration, and it's, uh, uh, it's not a movie. It doesn't work that way. I know. You know quite often, in, in real life, you carry it with you. It's real life. These guys, I, I think professional athletes and especially football players, have a really hard time dealing with real life entering into their football world. Right. You know, so yeah. And and also factoring, Cal, that the Giants defense is playing at a tremendously high level right now. Well, that was that was the next thing I was going to talk about. Exactly. They're you know, at a tremendously high level right now. You talk about... Uh, the Giants secondary, which has been so maligned all year, that's always been the weak link on this team. And it is the weak link. It is. It, I mean, it, it definitely it is. It is the weak link now. But if you watch that game on Sunday, how many times did Aaron Rodgers drop back to pass and there was nobody open? Yeah. There was nobody open. That he They flushed him out of the pocket. He was running around. And that's when, when you have Aaron Rodgers running around like that, that's what you want. That's what that's that's the game you want to see Aaron Rodgers play if you're an opposing defense, and that you got to give credit to the secondary for locking down Jennings and locking down Jordy Nelson and locking down Donald Driver, who did get open for a couple of big plays. He was the guy that was making plays in that second half when it looked like the Packers were trying to get back in this game. Yeah, and you know? and and also Cal, they can rush the. I mean, we've talked about it a trillion times. It's the most discussed thing this football season, especially the last four weeks. They can rush the passer with four guys. The Giants don't have to blitz. They have an elite defensive line with three players who are playing at an extraordinarily high level right now. And that fourth player, whether it's Canty, whether it's whoever it is, can slide in because you can't double everybody. Mm Mm-hmm. So the defensive line is you can only rush four, and you can get away with it. And this way you can drop seven guys into coverage. And so you can double Jordy Nelson, and you can double uh, uh, Greg Jennings, and you can double you know, Jeremiah Finley. You mix in drops. You mix in fumbles. You mix in a hard-hitting Giants defense. And you, you, know, you had a, a perfect recipe for Green Bay to lose that game. I just was surprised at the ease in which the Giants won that game. I mean, yeah. I know it got to 30-20 to 20 at one point. And then McCarthy goes for an onside kick, which, by the way, I mean, Mike McCarthy. Not with five minutes left. Not with five minutes and all your timeouts. 
What yeah. are you doing? It was almost as bad as the onside kick he called after they scored a touchdown. In <laughs> the first half. Which they shouldn't have had anyway because of a ridiculous non-fumble call. So, like, if you're Mike McCarthy, you got away with it. You got away with it. It should have been a fumble. Yeah, don't push the issue. Don't put. Don't push your luck. You got away with it and you scored a touchdown. Kick it deep. I mean, they had shown no signs of stopping the Giants' defense at that point. How do you want side kick there? The goal. I texted McWalters. I said, well, I guess we can see Mike McCarthy's coyones. <laughs> that, that's, that was just arrogant. Was that mitigated or unmitigated goal? Un- unmitigated. That was Mitig- unmitigated, right? Mitig- mitigated goal would have been... Uh, oh, I don't know what mitigated goal would have been. I don't know if mitigated goal exists. I think it's all oh. got to be unmitigated. It's all, yeah, otherwise it's not, it's not goal. Otherwise, it might have just been gated. It could be. <laughs> um, I, let's, I, and, and, and you know what? Let's give, let's give their, the offense credit, too. Because oh. once again, Eli Manning played a, a fantastic game. Yep. And, and, you know, he showed two things to me, Bri, that bode well. And we'll start talking about Sunday and the AFC Championship games. Because, I mean, do we even need to talk about the, the Tebows in the past? I mean, nah, that, was, that, was, that, was, that was a farce. And now it's coming out that Tebow had like bruised lungs and ribs and stuff from a hit in the third quarter, and nobody wants to hear it. Well, not only that, you were down forty-five to ten. Mm-hmm. I mean, is that is that the or forty-five to seven or whatever? Is that the reason you lost? Uh, enough. Go away for a while. They're they're almost as bad as the Jets. Go away for a while. I think he will go away, and and it's interesting that he he turned down the request by uh, was it CBS or Fox? I think it was CBS. Wanted him in the. I didn't see him in the. Yeah, they they asked him to be in the studio this week for the championship games as a a guest analyst, and he and he turned it down. He said no, which I think we're all happy about. Yeah, but I think I I think he's a lovely story or whatever. I don't need to see him as a commentator this week. I'm good. Well, I I think it's I think like you said, he's going to go away now for a little bit. Yeah, hear from him. It's just like Mushnick uh, in one of his columns this week, maybe it was Raceman, one of the media guys from the News of the Post, Cal, I don't know if you saw, suggested that uh, one of the uh, the playoff pregame shows gets Rex Ryan. Oh, no, enough. No. Just go away. I've had enough of you. You, you ruined the season. Just go away. It's good. I'm good. You know? But uh, the last thing on the Packers, uh, the Packer-Giant game, you know, if you... If you blitz Eli, he's shown he can beat that because he has those ridiculous off-the-back-foot, throw-it-to-a-spot miracle plays. So he's shown he can beat the blitz because he knows where his guys are going to be. I mean, that's one of the attributes that Eli has that is is really rare, and it's it's an attribute that I don't see a lot of quarterbacks have. And it, he knows exactly where the receiver is going to be. So they look like Hail Mary Chucks, and he does it a lot. But you have to give credit to the receivers, too, that no, know where the ball is going to be. Absolutely, and they finish their routes, and they don't get yep. up on routes. But he knows that offense so well now, Cal, and oh. he has for a few years. He knows where every guy's supposed to end up on a route, that when you blitz him, and even if you get to him, he has those ridiculous back foot heaves that somehow you know wind up being completed. If you don't blitz him and you give him time, like the Packers did in the second half because they just couldn't get to him and they were maybe rushing four and trying to drop seven into coverage, he'll pick you apart. 
mm-hmm. he can pick you apart. So he's playing at that level where you can blitz him, but you better make sure you get to him. Or if you sit back and you get and you rush four and you don't get to him, he's gonna pick you apart. Because now Cruz can find spots in the zone like he did on third down. I mean, what was he on third down like? Seven eleven or something like that? I mean, it's ridiculous on third down. On that first so, drive he had like three or four just just then. Just on that drive, right. Yeah. But he's playing the offense is playing at an extremely high level. Uh again. The offensive line has given him a lot of protection. Yep. Not surprised that they won. Surprised they won in the manner that they did. Uh, I would I would agree with that statement. I thought the Packers were going to win, but I thought it would have been a close game as well. So this is you know not surprised that the Giants won the game, um, but the the way that they dominated. But just and just to tie up the last thing on the Packers, a lot of talk about the Packers were not the Packers on Sunday, and and just the, all of the things that we talked about earlier. It's hard to understand why people don't understand why the Packers were like that. Right. I mean, it, it just it just seems to me that it was obvious what was going on with them when they. I mean, because clearly they weren't themselves, and yep. and I, I and and it's understandable. It's not an excuse, but I think the Giants took advantage of the situation. Not took advantage of the situation, but they didn't use the situation to their advantage. They took advantage of what was going on, played a great game, yeah, and that's and that's why it turned into more of the blowout than we would have expected. Yeah, I totally agree. And and uh, uh, now we get to Championship Sunday, and uh, this is essentially the end of the football season because the Super Bowl is the Super Bowl. Right, so to me, the, the championship Sunday is the end of the NFL season. The Super Bowl is the hoopla and the hype in two weeks, and it's the big game, and you know it's overanalyzed and, and killed or whatever. The, these uh, are good matchups this weekend, although the Ravens, you know, what's what's the difference, Cal, between the Ravens and the Jets? You know, Ed Reed Ed Reed calls out Flacco in the playoffs. Yeah, during the playoffs calls him out, and he's being a good captain. And right. Santonio Holmes does it in week four. Now, again, I'm not on Santonio Holmes' side. I can see your face already because I know you don't care for the man. What Santonio Holmes did was wrong. I get that. It's just why is what Ed Reed did not wrong too? Because he's Ed Reed? Yeah, quite frankly. Uh, Santonio Holmes is a Super Bowl MVP. I mean, it's not, it's not like he's a four-string receiver. Yeah, but he's also not a well-respected 12-year veteran of a team. Again, I I get just what, you know, why the double standard? A and B, enough with Joe Flacco. I mean, win this game, because otherwise go away. There you go. You're going all Matt Ryan on him. I am. I'm I'm putting him right in there. Wow. Because he's (laughs) he's another one. He's another one that everybody says, oh, I'd rather have him than Sanchez. And uh, enough. Enough. You're going to tell me he won that game last week? No. He was awful. Awful. And he was at home. In the interest of full disclosure, I did not watch a second of that game. I watched, uh, like, the first half. And uh, and they got thoroughly outplayed in the second half. Yeah. Because I've, I've since seen it on uh, replay or whatever. Um, thoroughly outplayed in the second half. I mean, they were lucky to hold on and win that game. Um, 
But enough. Joe Flacco versus Tom Brady in Foxborough. Uh, how much money do you have on you right now? I really don't see any way the Ravens can win this game. I don't either. I don't. I mean, people. A lot of people are going with the Ravens in this game for some oh, reason. Oh, you're they out of your mind. To, they seem to think the defense could keep Brady and the and the Patriots in check. I I don't see it at all. You must be out your head. <laughs> I, 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 can't, I and I can't see Joe Flacco. The only way they win this game, to me, is Ray Rice just like they did a couple years ago, where Ray Rice just breaks a couple of runs early on their first two possessions, they get two stops, and then suddenly it's 14 or 17 nothing. That's it. Maybe. And I, you know what? Tom Brady's playing at a higher level than he was four years ago. He has a better offense than he had four years ago, without a doubt, because of the two tight ends. And the sports guy, I have to give him credit. You know, Bill Simmons has been saying this for years. He's made to throw to tight ends. He's made to throw to tight ends. He doesn't have any sort of vertical threat that he has to worry about getting the ball to. He can run those tight ends. Wes Welker is a perfect receiver for him from the slot position. I mean, and I don't know if you caught any of the highlights of that game last week. Tom Brady's pissed. Oh, yeah, you can see it. Like, Tom Brady's on a I watched. Like, I watched that game. Yeah, Tom Brady's on a mission. I think Belichick is on the same mission, too. Yeah. I mean, Tom Brady, I don't know. Did, Cal, did you see when he was joking around on the sideline with Welker? Like, screaming at him? Like, but they were sort of, like, making fun of... And they were up, like, I think 45. Like They they had the 45 points on the board at this point. I didn't notice that. I was texting with Scott, and I'm like, he's... And, and you guys, he's going to go for 60. He may try to put up 60. Yeah, he, I mean... I mean, Belichick was still throwing the ball. <laughs> 45-10. A lot of people had a problem with the pooch kick. No, I had no problem. I thought, uh, you know what? Stop it. You don't like it? Stop it. Yeah. So, I, I tend to agree. And and especially when you get into it with the Patriots, you know that's what they're going to do. Yep. It's not, like, it's not like this is a surprise. This is what they do. They they put their foot on your throat and they laugh at you. Yep. And, and, and they uh, – now, one thing we didn't talk about – did we talk about the Josh McDaniel thing last week? Mm, I think that touched on it a little that bit. That sort of flew under the radar. Yeah. That the Patriots hired Josh McDaniel the week of the playoffs that they're going to play the Broncos? You know. Like that that that, that that's not right. You can't do that. How well, do you... they, the league is looking into that now. Yeah. Cuz teams bitched cuz come on now. Josh McDaniel was fired by the the Rams on like Monday and the Patriots picked him up on Tuesday. I know. The week they're playing the Broncos. Hey, look, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's it's almost be, like that's going to be on Belichick's Hall of Fame plaque. If, uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be great on his Hall of Fame bust in Canton? In quotations, if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. <laughs> you know? I don't know why I just laughed like David Letterman right there. You know what happened? Hee hee! Ha ha! The um, <laughs> it's almost like if Pittsburgh had won that game, they would have went out and hired some old Pittsburgh assistant <laughs> just, just for the next game. Chuck Knoll was hired as a special right. consultant for the week. Merrill Hodge is being brought in. Right. Oh, and also, by the way, this just in: Brian Billick 
is join the staff of the <laughs> Patriots today. <laughs> I'm on a three-day contract. You gotta. You, they can't allow that next year. They can't. No, I'm. I'm sure they won't. They can't. It's like such dirty pool. I mean, it's ridiculous. But um, I don't see any way that they don't. They don't. And I think they're gonna blow out the Ravens. To be honest with you, I I feel the same way. You know, we I was talking I was talking to my dad earlier this week, and we were talking about you know do the Ravens have a chance? And I'm thinking the Patriots' defense is so bad, and Ray Rice is so good. The way to beat the Patriots is to keep Tom Brady off of the off of the field. Could Ray Rice be too good for that, where he could just break off a couple of thirty yard runs and not eat enough time off of the clock? I think there's two misconceptions here. I've been dying to talk to you about this, so I'm glad you know we have a show and all. Uh, one of them is the Patriots defense, and Lombardi talked about this with Simmons the other day. And I, after watching that game against the Broncos, I know it's the Broncos and the Tebow offense. I know that that defense is not as bad as it was in the first half of the season. It's not. There's some solid, you know, they've been able to solidify the the secondary a little bit. They're getting pressure from different kind of guys. It's yeah, not as bad as advertised. I, I think but you I think can run and throw on them, but they're not as bad as advertised. Okay. And they still do have Bill Belichick there. I mean, he, he still is. We forget. You forget what a defensive mastermind this guy is. Well, because he doesn't have the personnel. That's the thing. But he's won Super Bowls with Troy Brown playing corner. No, I know. I, mean, I know. I, you My forget point is, that, that he can scheme. Right. You're right about that. And the reason why you forget is because he doesn't have the the guys, right? That, that, May- that can carry it out. Mayo is healthy. Ninkovich is making plays. Uh, he start he started to get some guys back healthy, and he's Bill Belichick. He can build a scheme to take it. I mean, he had a Jet defense with you know Pepper Johnson that was like fourth in the league. I mean, he can build a scheme. He can out scheme an opponent. And and what the Ravens do is very basic, very basic. Has to be for with Flacco, right? So if you can be somewhat physical with them, uh, again, it, I think everybody's forgetting that who Bill Belichick is. We forgot because they haven't won in a few years, and he hasn't had the defensive personnel or whatever. But he's still Bill Belichick. He still can come up with a game plan on any given week that can work really, really well. So that's a good, that's a good point. So that's one thing. The other thing is about the the Ray Rice thing, or and they you know keeping Tom Brady off the field. Look at how the Steelers beat them this year. Steelers didn't do that. Steelers went spread and threw the ball all over them. See, I think the Patriots want the Ravens. To, I don't think they do well with a spread offense. Not the, the what, Ravens, no. No, the the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots. I think that the Steelers sort of expose them. There and I think the Giants, if they get there, and it's Giants Patriots are a, are a big problem for the Patriots. Well, they, the Giants have already been right because the Giants can spread you out. Right. The Ravens want to have everything close together, maybe throw down the sidelines on some fly patterns or whatever. But they want to use Ray Rice. They want to use the screen game. They want to use play action, and they want to you know be able to throw uh, over the middle to Rice or throw over the middle of the Dixon the tight end. Or, they're not a complex offense. I think that plays perfectly for what the Patriots are doing right now because the Patriots are being physical. Right. 
Okay, if you spread them out and you have four receivers that can catch the ball, and you you know you use quick passes, and Joe Flacco can't do that. And he has a unibrow. Yeah, I said it. Again, why see why do you get personal with these guys? Because he looks like a combination of Jim Caviezel and Ernie from the Mupp- uh, from Sesame Street. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I I just I wish I wish you wouldn't take it to that level. It just you know what everybody gets personal with my football team. Why can't I get personal with other people's? Everybody makes fun of Sanchez for being on the cover of GQ and your loudmouth quarterback with his foot or uh, coach with his foot fetish. Everybody does to me. Mm-hmm. Why do I got to be bigger? Well, because the guys that you're attacking haven't done anything. All I said was he has a unibrow. I'm not... Come on. All right, fine. I take it back. I take it back. Fine. I don't think he's winning this week. How's that? I think that that's fair to say. I think when you start calling into uh, physical attributes of the man, cosmetic attributes of this poor guy... Does he not look like Jim Caviezel, though? Come on. He does look a little like Jim Caviezel. I think he... Well... And we haven't even touched on the mustache. What? What is that? I I don't know, but he's. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. Doing? I didn't. <laughs> That's some sort of. Is that some sort of playoff superstition that we don't know about? If it is, it needs. Uh, wow. You got to draw the line. You got to draw the line somewhere. I mean, you can't look like a. You know. I mean. Wow. I mean, you, That's you mean not to tell a, me... It's not even a porn mustache, Cal. But you mean to tell me Ray Lewis can't do something about this? <laughs> right? Like, take him aside and be like, dude, you got it. That is a ridiculous... You're a ridiculous person. I can't even... I can't even talk to you. Like, could you imagine... I would love if we had Flacco on the show. And, like, I wouldn't be able to talk to him with a straight face. Like, if we, we have Joe Flacco live... Uh, right. Video, I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't. Can't take it seriously. Be like Austin Powers. It's a Magnum PI. It's not a Magnum PI. Mole, 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 mustache, mustache, mustache. <laughs> Who met you? Uh, so, do you think, Joe? Do you think you have a chance to beat the mustaches? This, I mean, the Patriots this week. <laughs> so, how do you feel, <laughs> how do you feel going against the porn stars? Patriots. I'm sorry. <laughs> Patriots this week. Oh my if God. New England stashed the line, I mean, stacks the line against you, what what are you going to do about that? And it's manicured. Like, he's it's taken some grooming. It's a terrible job. I can't, can't take you time into it. I can't take you seriously, Joe Flacco. It's got to go. You're sending mustaches back in this town years. <laughs> that's not even a, that's not even a charity mustache for like Movember or whatever. That's that's October. That's what that is. Is he 14? Is he is he a 14-year-old boy? <laughs> Joe Flacco, is that what's going on there? First mustache guy. Yeah. You're going to want to trim that up. Anything's better though than Michael Jordan's last Hanes commercial. <laughs> did you did you see this? <laughs> did we talk about this a couple weeks ago? No, I've seen it. I don't think we haven't talked about it though. The guy, you know, Jordan sitting in first class. It's a Haynes commercial or whatever. And Jordan sitting in first class, and the guy comes up and is like, "I could have taken you" or something like that. Yeah. 
He's got a Hitler mustache. Yes, he does. I mean, Michael. Is anyone advising you anymore? Anyone. It's like a soul patch, but he doesn't have it in the right place. <laughs> it's an above-the-lip soul patch. He, it's, it's as if he was watching somebody with a soul patch upside down and said, oh, man, that looks cool. Nothing like no, but but nobody, everybody's afraid to tell him, you know. That's right. That's not right. Look, the Hitler mustache can never come back. There are certain things we know that will never be popular again. That's one of them. That's it. I'm sorry, you can't. No one can pull that off. No one. That's it. If it's done, done. Clooney, Clooney could maybe no. I can't no. Not even Clooney. You don't think so? Nope. It's the Hitler mustache, Brian. It am. Ab- it, it ab- All right, now you're talking. Maybe <laughs> I think what would be disturbing is how much Seacrest would look like Hitler with a Hitler mustache. He could, yeah. If you just do the stupid hair part, come on, Michael Jordan. No Hitler mustaches in the Haynes commercials. It is the upside down soul patch, though. That's what it looks like. I think that's spot on. <laughs> hey, you know what we're going to do, Cal? We were about to talk about the Giants and the Niners and the uh, the NFC Championship games and stuff. So what better time? I can hear it. You're concerned about that now to bring in our, uh, our NFL guy. The Swami. Let's welcome him to the show. The Swam, who went four for four last week, Cal. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. How are you there, Swami? How are you guys getting along this evening? Oh, just fine. I think oh, everything's uh, amicable here. Amicable is good. I'm yeah. presently on the opposite coast. Uh, that was just a hint as to my location. <laughs> You're in uh, Des Moines. Exactly. Des Moines, You may be a California. little too far south, Swami. Uh, not necessarily. I'm in California. I'm in right now in the Hollywood area preparing my coach to uh, motor up towards San Francisco. Uh, yes, the Wells Fargo wagon? Uh, no, today it's different. Today we have... A, a different sponsor. I see. Uh, a, a photo, a photo opportunity. Actually, Fuji. Ah, nice for you. I didn't well, know. Well, actually, had I thought Fuji I thought they were uh, uh, sponsoring me for a, a, a sushi festival, but now I find out it's photography. But anyway, yes, I am four for four as of last week, making my overall percentage for the year. By the way, I've totaled it out, and it's a, a dismal seventy-three percent. Wow, that is not uh, Swami. You know, that's not uh, well, the not what we've come to expect from the Swamp. If I was if I was in baseball, I'd get into the Hall of Fame, <laughs> and then some immediately. And then some, yeah. yeah. Hey guys, uh, I I caught a, a couple of uh, vignettes of your your stunning show as I was you know, cleaning out my gutters. But uh, one of the things is if, if you ain't Z- cheating, you if you ain't cheating. You ain't trying? Or if you ain't trying, you ain't cheating? What What the heck is that about? 
You guys if, don't know the origin of it. No, we don't. Should we I would t- love to. Motor car <laughs> racing. NASCAR. NASCAR. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. That's right. And was That's that a, a Dale Earnhardt? Was that a... Oh, uh, way back before that. Before Richard that. Petty? No, way back before that. Al Unser. Way, way back. When it was like Thunder, <laughs> you know, Thunder Road, way back. Way back. Dale, Dale Unser. Junior. Dale Unser. Uh, I, Dale, Dale A.J. Foyt. Dale A.J. Foyt uh, and, and those lads. You know. And Mario Andretti? But, uh, yeah, Mario, the, the Andretti family from Pennsylvania, right? You know what, uh, though? If it was Mario Andretti, it would have been like, if you're not a cheating... You're oh, no, no, trying. no. Obviously, you don't know Mario like I do. Yes, he's from and Pennsylvania. He, and he speaks with a uh, less than a full uh, Italian uh, uh, accent, by the way. Speaking speaking of uh, Italians and uh, Italian yes. folks, I know you're an Italian-American uh, gentleman. Uh, yes, yes, yes. That uh, cruise ship captain uh, there, uh, not exactly covering himself in glory here, Swamp. That's a well, terrible, terrible situation. And then I read something that he said he tripped into the lifeboat. Is that accurate? I'm not exactly sure if he said it or somebody who was uh, getting over a, a drug uh, habit was saying that. But the, the, he kind of like tripped uh, and he fell into the life raft, but he never got wet. You know. Now <laughs> the truth of the matter is, it's a, it's a, it's a crying shame. It's uh, a tragic incident, but and we're yeah. We're, you know, I don't mean to make light of it or whatever, but this guy, is he kidding? How about the la- – have you seen the latest from him tonight? No. Is that the cook on the cruise reported that this man ordered a meal 45 yeah, minutes yeah, well, after well, no, he, he crashed was into – He was entertaining some female person Right. while the thing was going on, and he was upset that they were trying to, to tell him that there was something amiss on the ship. Right. Are you right. kidding yeah. me? No. No, you can't. Then he went back to his entertaining and ordered another meal. But that could have been just for the ecological uh, concept of not wanting to waste food as the ship sinks. Yeah, that's uh, what it was. Sure, that was it. Sure. <laughs> Thank you, 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 Well, you could spin it whatever way you'd like. Yeah. The, the, the sad part about it, people lost their lives in a... Yes, in a, they did. And I don't mean to make sense that. Right, a useless manner. It seemed like what he was trying to do was... Uh, Take the ship a little too close to the uh, to the uh, island to show off for his friends. Yeah, doesn't seem like and he was paying attention to much other than. Uh, no, he, nobody ever showed him that picture uh, called the Titanic. Yeah, he must be one of the uh, <coughs> only one of like eight hundred million people that have seen that movie. Yeah, it's only it's only like the most watched movie in the world ever. Yeah. Oh well, well this, anyway. I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to bring the show down, Swam. I'm sorry. No, 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 but this is a compilation of errors. It's a human tragedy that was compiled, <laughs> made worse by the fact he, he left the ship and everybody on it. It's bad right. enough you, you, know, you, you crashed the ship. At least have the chutzpah to stay there and go down like a man would it, you know? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you can't write uh, much much worse. No, 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 you I... couldn't. You couldn't. Now, next, I mean, to, next, I don't. I don't even want to find out what's going to happen next. Maybe he had a hip mustache. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, I wouldn't want to put him in for the the, the the 2012 Times Man of the Year award. No, negatory. No, well, speaking no. of uh, speaking of who may be the Time Man of the Year, uh, let's get to these games this me? weekend. Oh, well, that's right, me. Uh, the hey, first you, you game. Guys, uh, 
You guys, wait, first of all, do you guys, do you guys give any uh, credence to the home field advantage over uh, the the playoff, all of the playoffs? Uh, sure. I mean, I think it's very difficult I mean, to win oh, on the road in the NFL. Yeah, well, I mean, last weekend, if if you if you went followed that concept of rooting for the home team, uh, you, you had a little you bit. You were of a three problem, out of four. But, no, you were three out of four. Yeah, I, I said you would have a little bit of a problem, but you would have been on a, you know, the winning curve. Yeah. Well, how do you feel? Let's get to the to to the home teams this week. You got the Patriots and the Ravens. Let's talk about that game right. first. In uh, right. Foxborough. Oh yeah, uh, three o'clock. Weather may be a factor. They're talking about precipitation. Uh, I think that favors, believe it or not, uh, I think that favors the Ravens uh, if there's going to be some nasty weather. I would agree. Uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, they have a Rice on their team, but it's not Jerry. No. No. They have a Ray Rice from uh, local product, yeah. Rutgers. Right, right, right. He's a running back. He, he does, does good things. You know, but you, you brought out a great point, uh, you, and, I, and, I, and I bow to your expertise. Bill Belichick. I mean, what the heck? Yeah. We don't know what he's got planned. No one will ever know because those secrets aren't allowed out. That's correct. You know? That's true. And also, you know, if you go by strictly past performance, you, you, you can't do anything but you know take the take the Patriots. You know, I don't, but I don't discount the Ravens altogether. I think this is the, the Swami. Uh, the non-emotional Swami. Uh, I think if, if the Ravens, they, they, if they're hungry enough, and they could just possibly uh, keep that masterful quarterback out in the stands selling hot dogs instead of being on the field quarterbacking that team, uh, you know, they'd have a shot at it. Okay, but overall, you like the Pats in this game. Yeah, Patriots. All right, well, that's 73 percenters. I, like know, the, the, I know the Pats. I know I got I got to rib you a little bit because because we love you. Now uh, the big game, devoid of emotion, exactly, you know, uh, absolutely going completely Vulcan on it. You're out of your Vulcan mind. Oh, you you went for it, didn't you? Tell us about the Giants visiting the San Francisco Forty Niners. Yeah, well, you know, I I I I like the Forty Niners for the entire season. I like what they did. I like the way they kept it together, regardless. Uh, and going into these playoffs, I I as you see, I I picked them last week, so I kind of I, I kind of like them. Only thing I think that the Jets have going for them, I'll go right on right out now. The Jets will win. But the only thing I think that I mean, not the Jets, the Giants. Oh yeah, no, not the Jets. That's for sure. Right. Uh, the Giants will win. And uh, the only thing I think that the Giants have over the 49ers at this stage of the game is the uh, total defense. Uh, I mean, if I was matching up offense, offense, defense, defense, special teams, I think the Giants defense uh, will, will be making a, a difference in this game like they did last game. All right. So you like the Giants. All right. Do you, the, yeah, the Giants to go back. I know. I know. We don't do points. We don't do things. But no, no, we just know. pick the winners. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's just for fun. It's not for any sort of gambling or anything like that. Gambling. <laughs> That's right. We frown on it. Well, uh, Swam, enjoy the game. Where are you watching yeah. the game? You're going to be up there in San Fran. 
Well, actually, I was uh, last time, as you know, I was out. I was up in the uh, light of the airship, photographing the thing. I was uh, just the San Francisco Police Department have honored me by allowing me to uh, watch it from one of their uh, facilities. Very nice. Yes. Well, you yeah. know, we 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 do know you do have some police connections around the country. We don't like to talk about that. It doesn't need to be talked about. Not necessarily the police connections. Like one of their facilities could be an, an incarceration pen. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but we're hoping not. That's I don't a, like those stainless. I don't like stainless steel toilets. No, stainless steel toilets are not not a good thing. They, three they get chilly. Three hots in a cot. That's right. Three hots in a cot. Exactly. Yep. Give me my bologna sandwich. No. We don't need you to be a guest of the state. Not at all. Not at this stage of my career. Uh, how are you guys picking? Well, uh, let me hear what the. Uh, well, you what? went four for four also, didn't you, last week? Yes, I did go four for four. We, yes, yes. We are, uh, we're using you as our entree into talking about this week's game. So uh, I. Uh, I. Okay, then. Well, I will leave you on this note. Next week's show. Yes. I'll have. I, I will either uh, recant all my uh, prognostications, uh, or I will go on to uh, bloat and gloat. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Something to look forward to. Okay. Take care, guys. Enjoy the week. Thanks, Swam. Keep your powder all right. dry. All right. Bye-bye. All right. The Swami there uh, likes the Giants and the Pats, Cal. Rematch. Super Bowl Forty Two. Rematch of earlier this season, too. Apparently, all Giant fans want this. There's a, a lot of there's a lot of confidence on the giant end. A lot of confidence. So this is what I wanted to talk about. Oh boy, here we go. It's not a thesis, but the Jets. You know the New York Football Jets, our beloved sure. New York Football Jets, who have been in the same spot that the Giants have been in for the last two years. Have you? Did you hear one Jet fan? in the last two years, talk the way or feel the way a Giant fan feels today in the same exact spot? No. No. It's just, it, it is so, it's so funny to me how different Jet fans and Giant fans are. Yeah. The Jet fans were waiting for the other shoe to drop. They went into those games in Indianapolis and Pittsburgh really hopeful really wanting them to win more than anything in the world, but always afraid that something was going to happen and they weren't going to win. Giant fans go into this game, and they are packing their bags for Indianapolis for the Super Bowl. They are supremely confident in this team. Very, very confident. And It's just just an interesting interesting yin and yang between the Jet and Giant fans. I caught a little... um, uh, an article today that sort of – two articles today went sort of unnoticed, and, and I think the Giant fan is very confident. I think the the smarter Giant fan or the the, the more superstitious Giant fan, your uh, McWalters, uh, my buddy Matt Smith, big Giant fan, uh, very superstitious, not packing their bags for Indy, taking the 49ers absolutely seriously, but confident. They feel like they should win. Right. Okay, they feel like that, and, and they're probably right, but they feel like they are the better team than the 49ers. But two things caught my, along the lines of what you're talking about, Cal, two things caught my eye. The first one was Dante Whitner, safety for the 49ers. Mm-hmm. 
saying that the Giants talk more smack than anybody. And they're a pretty big talking team, and he noticed it amped up after, you know, during the jet week. And we're going to do our talking with our pads. So somebody was actually doing to the Giants what is done to the Jets. Uh-huh. And, the, and the story was this big. And the story was the size of my fingernail. Mm-hmm. Okay. Which is fine. Because they glossed it, over it. Yeah, but because the Giants, because the Giants are covered with a bit of not necessarily hypocrisy, Giant players are given the benefit of the doubt because they're the Giants, mm-hmm. and they're definitely given the benefit of the doubt by their own media. Now there was an article today about Mario Manningham saying that the Forty ers were not the best defense that he played all year, and that they played better defenses. Right, and they pressed him on it and pressed him on it, and they finally got well. You know, isn't their secondary you know really really good? Secondary's okay. He wouldn't give in. Finally, they got him to say, well, that that maybe they're the best linebacking core we've faced all year. No, oh, okay. So small article, and then in the post, and then they go on in the article to prove him right. <laughs> like, well, the Giants, you know, put up. 20 points against the Niners when they played them already. That's hardly a paltry output. And they did really, you know, they put up 27 against the Dolphins, the fifth best defense in the league. And they put up, and like, so they like, they bailed Mario Manningham out. Right. Now, last year, if we, and again, we've talked about this a million times. It's Rex Ryan. Okay. It's Rex Ryan. The reason that the Jets are covered the way they're covered is Rex Ryan. It's not just Rex Ryan, but it's, it's you know, mo- it's mostly. It's mostly Rex Ryan. Because if that had been last year leading up to the to the game against the Steelers, which, by the way, the Jets talked no smack, none. In fact, the media called them out for not talking smack. Mm-hmm. The media called them out for not being themselves. Mm-hmm. And certain media members accused or, or said that was the reason they lost. Right. Uh, if that had been last year and Braylon Edwards said, you know, Steelers defense, eh, we played better. I mean, it's back page. Back page. Edwards says Steelers defense not that good. So it's the, there's just a different way of covering it. I will say this. The Giant players are a pretty confident group. Uh, Yeah. You know, Victor Cruz, you know, saying that they're, they were sort of happy that they were going to play the, the Niners instead of the Saints because we have a better chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again... If this is said by the other team in town, people are going crazy. Now, should they be confident? Absolutely. They're playing better football than just about anybody right now. But take it easy. Now, I think they're going to win the game Sunday. I do. I think they're going to beat the 49ers Sunday. This is not some sort of reverse jinx. I can just hear McWalter saying it right now. In fact, McWalters will be begging me to root for the 49ers. That, (laughs) That almost guarantees that they'll lose. Uh, but I, I'm not reversing. So I think the Giants are playing better football right now. I think it's going to be a close game. I think the weather is certainly going to be a factor. If you say it's not, you're out of your mind. Well, maybe you're not out of your mind. <laughs> be careful with, yeah, with, I'm with that. I'll, I'll take it easy. Tough but I, I, th- I think the weather I'm turning into like a jerk right before our eyes. I'm sorry I even said that. Wow. Uh, but the, the weather's going to be a factor, Brian. But I like the Giants in this game because, again – 
to me, it's about Eli. Eli is playing at a different level right now. And he just outplayed Aaron Rodgers. And he just, you know, Eli is playing at a different level right now for me. That's why I, if it comes down to Eli Manning and Aaron uh, and Alex Smith, and this is to take nothing away from Alex Smith's fantastic win last week and sort of a justification of that first overall pick, I'm taking Eli Manning. That's it. I think you'd have to because he's the better quarterback of the two. He's the more seasoned performer in this type of spot of the two by far. I mean, Eli Manning steps it up in big games. He's, he's proven that his whole career. Yep. Um, but on the flip side, let's not take anything away from Alex Smith, who who his performance last week was was – I'll put it to you this way. I would never in a million years have expected Alex Smith to do what he did last week. Totally agree. Never in a million years. And, no. it, and, and what, a, what, a great, what a great game, an entertaining finish to that game against the Saints. Um, tremendous. He, tremendous finish. He had the, the, the play that put them up with two and a half minutes left. Right, the, 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 the bootleg. Kick. Yeah, the bootleg. 30-yard run. And then he and then he was he 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 took a lot of criticism for that because everybody thought he should have downed the ball on the one yard line because why would you give Drew Brees that much time right right but you can't but, you're down in the game you can't guarantee a score and also football players don't think that way and you're not ahead I mean if he was ahead if they were up by a point at that point right they were they were still losing the game. Exactly. You have to score. You can't take it for granted you're going to score from the one-yard line. You get a fumbled snap. You get it. whatever. You can't. Right. Right. But, um, but it was interesting then. He, you know, Drew Brees did exactly what we expected him to do. He had too much time on the clock. Well, and, but also, Cal, he had – Jimmy Graham, that was Madden. That was a straight Madden play. I've made that play in Madden. I know. Where you throw it as a tight end, it, 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 it was a ridiculous play. It was a ridiculous play. It was a, and, it, and it was a bad play by the San Francisco. It was ridiculous. Defense. I know, I know. It's also, it was like an fu game on Madden. You know that Simmons talks about. Like, <laughs> it was, it was ridiculous. But he, then he hit the spit button and the truck button like six times. Jimmy Graham. Yeah, I know. It was silly. But, but the postscript on all of that is that Alex Smith was the one who was given too much time at the end of the game. Yeah. And you also, know, which, who took the shot? Could have easily could have easily just kicked a field goal to tie the game. I mean, when you think about the throw that he made, tremendous. I mean, there were he threw it into double coverage, and he threw it at the goal line. And Vernon Davis wasn't necessarily going to score. He was like on the goal line, and if San if the Saints stop him, I don't think I don't recall if they had any timeouts. I don't think they did. I don't think that if if Somehow they would have stopped him before he he crossed the goal line. Well, they, they may have. Had an, oh, they may have. They may have had some timeout left. I don't remember because they didn't have did. to. They didn't have to use them to stop the Saints. You know what I mean? Because the Saints right, but I think, on the but I think, Madden play. But I feel like they might have used one when they were driving down the field before. Maybe. Yeah, I think they, they had one left. I think they had one left. Whatever. But whatever. Regar- they, regardless, it was a tremendously gutsy throw with ten yeah, seconds left. Yeah, it was, and and you know what? And we've seen this. We saw this with Sanchez last year too. When when you succeed in these spots, it just breeds confidence. Yep. And that's a dangerous thing. 
when a guy has confidence and when the rest of the team, more importantly, has confidence in their quarterback. They start to believe, right? They start to believe. And I guarantee you, if you go out to San Francisco right now, everybody out there is saying, this is our year. Everything is going our way. Right. You know, it's about time. This is, you know, karma is on our side right now. Yep. No, they, they, I don't think they're going to be intimidated by the Giants. I don't think they're going to be intimidated by the fact that the Giants just beat the Packers. Um, because I think they feel like they would have beat the Packers had they uh, played them. I mean, they're a confident bunch too, and, and, and Harbaugh's done an unbelievable job. Unbelievable job. You know, to turn that team around and go, they're, right now they're 14 and 3. So, I, I, Again, they're they're a worthy opponent for the Giants, but probably because they have a great defensive team too. Uh, Cal, what's your call here, though? What's your call? I, I'm saying the Giants are going to win this game. I think the Giants are going to win the game too. It's mostly because uh, nobody, you know, because I'm not meant to be happy. That's most of the reason. That's what you're going to go with. I can give some. I can give some. I can give some football reasons. Is that but, uh, is that you breaking down this game and offering your expert analysis? That's correct. That's the angle. Remember, I talked about uh, in the when I was teasing the show. I said we're going to take a look at it from an angle that nobody else has. Well, there it is. Nobody else will have the angle that the Giants winning is only to uh, cause you pain. That's correct. To torment me. That's right. Right. That's right. So it's a unique angle. Let me let me throw this out there. Okay, it just it, as a just in case, and we'll have plenty of show time to talk about it uh, if it does come to fruition. But if it's Giants Pats again, uh huh. You ready? Yeah, I may root for the Patriots because if I do? if I had known the abuse I was going to take from Giant fans after winning that Patriots Super Bowl. It's far worse than what I've taken from Patriot fans. Far worse. What did you? Who did you root for four years ago? The Giants. Giants. Did you root? You didn't really root. I didn't really root. You were there. We were watching the game. Yeah, games. you. You're you, at Antonello, so I didn't really root. It's the same thing. It was. Uh, it's my pat line, like the Phillies and Yankees World Series. What am I rooting for? It's cancellation. That's that's what I'm rooting for. Yeah, Phillies, Yankees, Braves, Yankees, Giants, Patriots. I mean. It, 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 it there just has not been. It's bad enough when your teams suck, but to to have like I just want an enjoyable Super Bowl. Like, give me somebody to root for. Patriots, Giants. I can't win. And I, I, you know, maybe the New Year's resolution has to come out then, Cal. Maybe I have to root for the Giants. So my Giant, I have to continue to root for the Giants, so my Giant fan friends can be happy. Especially the one that are Met, the ones that are Met fans, don't they deserve it? The Giant, yeah, yeah. Well, what about the, what about the Giant Yankee fans? Yeah, they don't deserve anything. Enough. <laughs> They're good. Knock it off. <laughs> you know, I love how certain punditry. No, punditry is not right. I love how certain. Uh, well, let's just say Francesa. I love how. <laughs> Did you 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 heard him today when he was talking about a caller called up to criticize Tom Coughlin? I didn't hear it. Can't and it. and Francesa shouted him down by saying, "How can you criticize a coach who has two Super Bowls in eight years?" Right now, did I miss something? 
Yeah, they they haven't won that second one yet. <laughs> I wish I wish I was that caller because you know what I would have said, Cal. Well, that's a good thing then because I'm calling up to criticize the guy who's won one Super Bowl <laughs> and has gone to the NFC Championship game this year. So, because you're right, that would be crazy to criticize a guy who's won two Super Bowls in eight years. But yes, fortunately for me, that's not what I'm here to discuss. Let's bring uh, Cal. Let's bring PJ back in here for a second because we have a call. There's another call, but we don't know who it is. Where's PJ? PJ, I'm not playing the music for you again. Just come in. Just will you please? Could you just come in here? Are you I paying want, attention? I want to hear the guitars. Here, it'll do this one for you. Oh yeah. That's PJ playing guitar, everybody. Meanwhile, is there someone on hold right now? Yeah, there's someone on hold for 15 minutes. What's going on? All right, that's enough of that song. Some, um, who's on hold, Peach? I couldn't get him. So, I, so there's I, no, I, so there's no one there. Well, you could. Well, let's try it. I I okay. tried. The, they might have been on hold when I went to go get him, and then I couldn't get a response. I see. But, are you, but there's are, a number there. You see the number. I see the number. Why don't we just pick up the line? You ready, Cal? You want to try it? Please. All right, let's do this. Having no screening. uh, Welcome to Ready to Unload. You're on with Cal and Sam Pete and PJ. What's up? Hey. No one there. So we lost the call. We had someone actually call in. I think that's the ghost of your BlackBerry calling to haunt you. (laughs) What the hell? I don't think we had anybody, Cal. I don't think we had anybody. Well, why would there be a number? There? I mean, I think I think somebody's there, and I think somebody thought better of it. Why would there be ten numbers on the switchboard? I don't recognize that area code. That's a bizarre area code. We're not going to say what the area code is, 510. No, it, was, say, it might be one of those Jamaican scams <laughs> that I've been getting on my voicemail every day. Right. Aren't Hello, you... and good afternoon. This is Mr. William Henry, and I need you to call me at this number. I am with the UPS office, and you need to claim this valuable prize which I am holding for you but which we cannot release unless you call me back again my name is Mr. William Henry or you could talk to my boss Mr. Anthony Anthony wait one second now you know that are you sure you're not the guy (laughs) am I good at that (laughs) are are you William Henry look times are tough I understand yeah gotta fill the hour doing what you can Times are tough. I understand. Listen, before we get into the fun load, uh, two sports things we need to talk. Well, so we lost the call. It's okay, Peach. It's, okay. it's not your fault. It's not your fault. You are you are still uh, strange because uh, I was racked with guilt about it. I'm <laughs> I am racked with guilt. I'm racked with guilt. But you know what, Peach? No matter what happens, this is always this is true. Uh, PJ, you are seriously man in a league of one. Doesn't you matter. are the best. You get it done. Best. So efficiently, quickly, and such a high standard, my man. You are my hero, Jim. The CBS Sports. Thank you. So it doesn't. It doesn't matter. It doesn't that's matter. The gospel truth. That's and that's the truth. From as Jim Nance knows it, that's the truth. You don't even the want way, to know tra- what Cronkite said about me. <laughs> May you rest in peace. Go ahead, Cal. I've tried that all week. Where I would say something, <laughs> and I would I would just tag myself. And I've been getting looks like you wouldn't believe. Give us an example. Give me an example. Like, uh, um, like to Allison or 
No, like you know, like at work, I'd be like, yeah, uh, can you put those reports on my desk? You know, by three o'clock, we got a we have a meeting tomorrow. Brian Calvi, RTU Sports, and they look at me like, first of all, what did you just say? Right. Second of all, what the hell is RTU Sports? That's right. And thirdly, no, I'm I'm taking a smoke break. So I, I think the kid who was taking sandwich orders for lunch. <laughs> Let me, Let me get, get the uh, uh, mufalada uh, and uh, Pellegrino orange. BJ, RTU Sports. Let me have the Godfather on uh, semolina. And, uh, uh, yeah, let me get yeah extra peppers, extra peppers on that uh, Sampede, RTU Sports. <laughs> so basically, that's how the viral stuff starts, man. That's, you just got to keep it out there. So basically, we've decided only Jim Nance can do that. Nance is Nance. Only Nance is Nance. You can say that again. Never catch hey. him with a mustache. No. <laughs> Especially not a Hitler one. Michael Jordan, nope. really? <laughs> oh, man. No, Hitler mustache is bad. Bad. Bad idea jeans. He's an ex-freebase addict who just needs a place to stay for a couple of weeks. So I figure I'll give him it's my basement. It's that category of things that are just never, it's never coming back. It's never going to be done again. No, absolutely. It's never going to be a good idea. <laughs> when Ever. you said that, I was I was thinking of Eddie Eddie Murphy Eddie Murphy style AIDS jokes. <laughs> They're never <laughs> coming back. Never. never that's it. It's over. That's the wi- it. That window has closed, my yeah, friend. What, one album. That's it. <laughs> Your opportunity came in 1983. That's it's it. over. Yep. Uh, before we get to the fun load. Which we want to keep you on the line for, Pidge. Uh, Ev, uh, Ev, Cal, Doctor. We get Evan on the phone. Yeah, it's not with us. Maybe that's who called in. Uh, we would be. He's actually actually sending. He's actually sending me messages, uh, unrelated to anything we're talking about. Like he has no idea that we're doing a show right now. (laughs) (laughs) That's good. He's like, hey, you know, guess what the Mets' odds are to win the World Series this year. I actually know this. You know why? Because Nello was just in Vegas. Well, that's that's that was his. That's how he brought it up. He says, "Dan, you know, Nello just got back. Yep, from Vegas. Guess what the Mets odds are? Eighty to one. Eighty to one. I said a hundred to one. I wanted to do Vegas. Nello uh, went to Vegas with uh, his cousin and his brother uh, for a uh, Madcap weekend. No, it was, that. unless the unless the business was fun and rabble rousing. Okay, no conventions. I was just wondering if he was at a convention. No, no. I mean, what he would ever convene for? He's a, he's a Shriner now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He'll no, join he, any club that'll take him. Stop. That's right. You know, he is a card carrying member of the Skeptic Society, and that's the truth. And and I always said, how could you join the Skeptic Society? Like, weren't you skeptical about the meetings, the society itself? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, there's a society. Okay. Yeah. Sure, I'm going to get my card in the mail. Whatever. I believe it when I see it. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you need my phone number. Sure you do. Yeah, sure you do. What do you need that for? Oh, what's that for? What's that? So you can send me? Yeah, okay. Whatever. Oh, um, we're sh- getting together in Vegas? Right. Yeah. I got my ticket. I'm sure you're <laughs> going to send me some literature. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's um, more the sarcasm society than what I'm doing. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> 
Well, they're definitely, a, they're definitely a, an offshoot of the Skeptic Society. I think the Sarcasm uh, Club goes hand in hand with the Skeptic Society. <laughs> um, One is the open air for the other. That's correct. Um, uh, no, he texted me from Vegas, Cal. Dan did and said, you want me to put uh, you know, money down on the Mets at 80-1 to 1 to win the World Series? And I told him to put 20 down on it. I said, you owe me 20 anyway. Put 20 down on it. Perfect. So I so I talked to him tonight. He texted me tonight, and, he, and I said, uh, hey, did you get that 20 down for me? And he said, uh, you know what? It just didn't happen. <laughs> he said, that doesn't sound scientific, though. That's too round goes, a number. He goes, but if they win the World Series, I owe you 1600 I'll pay you $1,600. And I said, well, I think your money's safe, my friend. I'm saving that text, though. Because oh, if, if they do win the World Series, I will make him pay. That's That's – something that you would taunt him with in September if they're a game out. That's right. <laughs> I, will, I will send him that text over and over again. If, they, if for some reason they find themselves in that unlikely scenario. Right. Well, the two things I wanted to get to sports-wise before we do the fun load, one of them was because uh, I, I think we're good with the Giants, right? We don't need to talk about the Jets. That's a, uh, I mean, uh. With Damian Tomlin said, yeah, exactly. Uh, now, Woody Johnson came out today and said, there's nothing to see here. Like Woody Johnson playing the part of Kevin Bacon in Animal House. <laughs> All is well. Uh, no, we don't coddle him. We just coddle him. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. Pamper the quarterback now? We just pamper him. What's the big deal? It's all overblown. Just one or two bad eggs. We're going to let them, Santonio Holmes and Sanchez, room together at Cortland. That'll fix right. everything. That'll be fine. That'll- I'm going to sit down with both of them. Yeah. We'll fix this. They need each other. The billionaire uh, owner is going to sit down with Santonio San Holmes and Mark Sanchez and right. work, work out this East Coast, West Coast feud. Okay, Time Shugna. people to stop being polite and start being real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> can, we get, can we get some sort of a real-world confessional at Cortland? Yes, that's you what I'm aiming for. Right, like Mark Sanchez. Uh, I can't believe Santonio San said that about me. God, I'm just so bummed. Yeah, it's like Sanchez, like a, like a, like the little graphic on the bottom. And he knew they were my Cheerios. I told him twice. <laughs> Mark, tell me how you tell San Antonio how you feel about him. <laughs> right. See, yeah, you have this as a see PJ and I have this as like a real world scenario. Like we want to see real world Jets Cortland. Right. Cal wants to see them on the couch with like Woody Johnson, like sitting. Oh yeah. With like a pa- you know like a pad and a pencil. Dr. Drew. So tell me, how does Santonio coming back to the huddle very angry? How does that make you feel when he demands the football? Does that Sanchez make- <laughs> makes me feel really small, really bad. I, I envision the family ties foam bats that they're gonna that they would beat each other with to let their aggression out. That was family ties, right? I think it was. I think it was. They would be. I think every point. sitcom in the '80s had a foam bat episode. Right. It may have been Wings. Now, okay, Wings rated, overrated, underrated. So underrated. PJ. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, underrated. Very, very funny. I'm gonna go rated, and I'll tell you why. I think it was a, I think it was appropriately appreciated, and it starred Crystal Bernard. Can't be underrated. 
Yeah, she is a giant wow. fuck hole of nothing. That might be the first shot taken at Crystal Bernard in 13 years. <laughs> the first thought anybody's given her. <laughs> These are my rules. I make them up. Well, yeah, now you came it. up with the term rated as if it means something. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. It, it is an underrated show. Tremendously underrated, I think. Um, right along with news radio, I would put it as two of the more underrated sitcoms of the nineties. Um, cosine, beautiful. <laughs> plus one, Cal. Are you plus one? <laughs> oh, right. That's what they say now. Right. Um, so we we're going to talk about the Mets injury thing because Adam Rubin from ESPN just just went off Twitter style on every mismanagement of Met injuries over the last ten years. Uh, and he's, you know what? He's right on a bunch of them. But uh, Matt Callen, uh, Scratch Bomb, uh, at Scratch Bomb, to follow him on uh, Twitter. He's a great writer. He writes for Amazing Avenue. And he nailed it. And it was essentially, if Adam Rubin is right or wrong, why is he bringing it up now? Right. I mean, why not bring it up at the time? What set him off? And I guess it was like Davis's injury uh, that set him off and that the Mets supposedly mismanaged this. But I didn't tell you this, Cal. He DM'd me. He direct messaged me. Because I had a I, well, I I was reasonable with him. I said, "Look, I'm not calling into question. I'm not being snarky." Okay, unlike Andy Martino, who got very angry at me a couple weeks ago. Yeah, he didn't take kindly to your. He did not uh, take kindly to uh, criticism. Yeah, you 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 do know that uh, the newspaper paid me to cover the Phillies. Yeah, I do know that, and it was evident by the fact that all your tweets were missing their usual snark and sarcasm. Hey, listen, while we're just reserved for the Mets, but while we're while we're on that topic, just you know, to the beat writers that are listening tonight, there is a difference between funny sarcasm and mean spirited snark. Learn the difference. Yeah, uh, they they don't know it, but uh, he, I I asked him, is it better? Says on the our guy pay? who used to wet his bed when he was eleven. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> wait, see, that's an example. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Cal, I asked him if, okay, so all this being said and, and about the injuries and stuff like that, fine. That's, we all take you at your word. Is it better now? Is the new regime better? And he DM'd me and said, they are. They are being way more cautious. Who DM'd? This is Scratch Bomb? No, uh, uh, Ruben. Adam really? Rupin. Yes, he 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 direct messaged me rather than answer my question over Twitter so everybody could see it. Right. Well, that well, he 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 very famously came out about a week ago and said he was going to stop doing that. Yeah. Well, he DM'd it to me. I can't reply back to him. Right. Because he doesn't follow me. Right. So, uh, but he said the new regime is much more cautious and trying to and basically just had bad luck with Ike Davis. Oh, well, that's not what you tweeted. But that's okay. He tweeted that they begged him not to report that they, they might right. have to fracture. Right. That statement has no gravitas, by the way. What's that? It doesn't, doesn't matter how you say it. If you say, oh, well, that's not what you tweeted, it just sounds weak. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. Although tweets are you know, becoming sort of like uh, personal statements. I mean, that that should – if you're a reporter – Are they the ironic T-shirt of the new decade? No, you're the ironic T-shirt of the new decade. No, they're, they're, if you're a reporter and you're covering a team, 
and you say something, uh, yeah, my statement may not have any gravitas. You might be right. But his statement doesn't either because back it up. Why are you direct messaging me where nobody can see it? And what you're saying in your tweet, which your 60,000 followers or whatever it is can see, is that the Mets screwed up. So you're saying even though he replied to you, he's ducking you. I don't. I don't necessarily. No, you know. You know what it is. He. he Go ahead. No, he. He. You're right. <laughs> you know what I'm going to say. Yeah. He plays a role in the Twitterverse. You know that of the Met critic, and I'm going to point out everything wrong that they do, and I'm going to report news, but I'm going to report news with a very specific piece of information in it which makes it sound negative. And that's his role, and that's his gimmick that he has to keep up. So he's going to direct message you something that's reasonable, but then that's going to, that's going to hurt his street cred on Twitter if he were to come out and say that because it goes against everything that he's been doing for the last three years. That's right. And, and, all, and again, I don't, I don't mean to sort of tell tales out of school that he direct messaged me or whatever and, and – uh, like I, I don't feel like I'm calling him out. I mean, I appreciate he responded to what was a legitimate question that I had. Like I asked a question over Twitter that was not intended to be incendiary or anything like that. I asked him a question. Um, but I don't understand why you just don't respond to everybody with the answer to that question. It was a legitimate question. Is the new regime better? And he didn't respond to everybody with the with the same answer because of what you just said. It ruins his narrative. So, you know, we spend a lot of time, Cal, on this show, and I have no problem with it, and I know you don't either, um, talking about the media. And in the last few weeks, we spent a ton of time talking about it because we're fans, and we don't have access to these teams. And I can't do an interview with David Wright tomorrow. So a lot of what we have to go on is the media's coverage of these teams, especially in New York. And so we're going to continue to do that because that's part of the story and part of sports watching for us. Part of watching sports for us and following our teams is how they're covered. It's been a part of my life since I was a kid. I've been listening to WFAN since I was like, you know, since it was on. I mean, since 1989, since I was 15 years old. I've been listening to WFAN. I've been, I've been reading the newspaper in the sports section of the newspaper for 25 years. Whatever you know, sure. like it's it's part of the yeah. That's about what you learned to read. Go ahead. What was I? Was I twelve? <laughs> twelve. <laughs> <laughs> on Not a very sure special pause there. On a very special, ready to unload. <laughs> clearly, I, clearly, I didn't learn how to do math ever. Um. Uh. Look, it took me a long time to learn how to read. So go screw yourself. Um. Well, now I feel bad. Right. Good. <laughs> Mission accomplished. No, but it's part it's part of watching sports for us. How these teams are covered, how they are reported on, and now given the social media, given Twitter, given uh, the blogs, given uh, all these other things that were not in effect when we were kids, that are in effect when when we're adults, this is part of the story for us. So I have no problem talking about it. I know you don't either. Um, and and I think people you know people that I've talked to that have listened to the show especially lately, have gotten something out of it. It's a different take. It's what they would talk about in a bar. Did you read that article in the news today about the Mets? It's not just, did you see the Met game last night? It's, did you see the Met game last night? And then did you see what Martino wrote about it? Right. 
it's part of the discussion. So in any case, uh, the mess with the injuries, let's hope it's better. That's one thing. The other thing, sports-wise, we have to get to, the New York Islanders. <laughs> for the for the <laughs> good night, everybody. Mitchell PJ plays the Carol Burnett music. <laughs> Who? <laughs> they got it. We you know what, what do they do? <laughs> PJ, you know what we need? You know the clip we need? Uh, we need from Major League, where she says, "I didn't know they still had a team in Cleveland." <laughs> and he says, "Yeah, we got uniforms and everything. It's really great. We need that clip anytime we say Islanders." <laughs> but, uh, Cal, why don't you tell the good folks uh, in RTU land what happened with the Icelanders tonight? Tonight, the Islanders. The Icelanders. The Islanders. The you, Islanders. you went Jigsy on us. You went Jig McDonald on us. Well, that's that's the Canadian. The, every now and then it comes out. I can't, you know, I stay true to who I am. The Islanders beat the Philadelphia Flyers for the first time in four years tonight in Philadelphia. Three to one. Four years. Four years it's been since they beat them. Uh, Four they, years. They, they showed a graphic on the screen of the longest, uh, you know, the, the biggest domination of one team over another in, in their own building. And I think number one was, gosh, I think it was like Detroit and Columbus or something like that. It was 14 games. The last 14 times uh, Columbus has gone to Detroit, they've lost. Tied for second was the Islanders, 13 games in Philly, and the Islanders, 13 games in Pittsburgh. That was great. Tied for second. That's great. So uh, so they still own uh, <laughs> the two. <laughs> but the important thing is that they, they won tonight, and they played a complete game, and... <laughs> the line of the night. Did you hear PJ? That's a lot. No. Of, that's a lot of losing. <laughs> Very quietly. That's a lot of losing. A lot of. Oh boy, that's a ton of losing. Um, yes, they did, and they convincingly beat the Flyers tonight. And uh, <laughs> uh, you know, thank goodness. They convincingly beat the Capitals on Tuesday night. Yes. And Dale Hunter. Dale Hunter in the Capitals. You have to throw that in. They've been playing a lot better. Yes, except when you went to the game on Monday. I went on Monday. We brought the girls. All they wanted was cotton candy. Isn't that all anybody wants? Yeah, they wanted no part of the game. I was about to go uh, Piven in Gross Point Blank on that four years. Four years? Four years? Yeah. Four years. Four years. Um, yes. Good job, Isle. Good job. Hey, look. We we are desperately looking for something. Yes, we are. We're desperately just, looking for that light at the end of the tunnel in anything at this point. Anything. And And the Islanders, having played well in like eight out of the last 11 games, not necessarily winning them, mind you, but nope. playing well for the last two and a half weeks has been nice. And and the one thing that I have to that you have to say about the Islanders, if you're a hockey fan and you watch the Islanders play, you're seeing the development of one of the real great next great stars in the league in John Tavares. He's completely 
elevated his game this year in his third year and you watch him and, and as you're watching him you almost feel like you know what what's he doing here he doesn't belong on the islanders because this is a legitimate nhl star yes he does you know but uh it's it's really fun to watch and there's you know on our teams we don't have many of the best players in that respective sport and john tavares is certainly headed in that in that direction and it's fun to watch I'll, uh, and you'll love this, Cal. Uh, uh, CBS Sportsline, some, one of the writers, the hockey writers on CBS Sport, Sportsline, mm-hmm. had the top 50 young players in the NHL. Mm-hmm. Guess who wasn't among them? <laughs> now, you're going to tell me there's no conspiracy against the Islanders. So, so John, John Tavares is not one of the top 50, 50. young players. Under 25. Under 25. So it's not even like in the league, the best players in the league. Top if 50 under 25 players in the league. They're specifically taking the group of players that are under the age of 25. That's correct. And he's not one of them. Not among the top 50. Okay. Not 15. 50. <sighs> yeah. Exactly. Watch a game. Exactly. Exactly. I guess he made the all-star team just for fun. Cal, before we right. before we get to the uh, fun load, maybe he just forgot to fax something. <laughs> I gotta find. I actually gotta find that article, Cal, because uh, my buddy Howie at work, who's a huge Islander fan, and there's so few of us left, um, said to me today, he's like, "You're gonna laugh." He's like, "Tavares not in the top 50 young players in the NHL," according to this guy on CBS Sportsline. That's no, a- no axe to grind with the Islanders there. No, no, no. no. You could argue that they have three players in the top 50 under the age of 25. Well, you could. I don't know if I'd push it that far. You could. You could. Hey, you could. That's what I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> uh, San Antonio Holmes, do you do you cut him, Cal? I would love to. What are they going to do? Overrated or underrated? <laughs> San Antonio Holmes, rated? Overrated. Is he making fun of you? Rated. I think he is. Yes, I believe he is fire. Yes, I believe he did. Oh. Oh. Let him die. It's time for the RTU fun load brought to you by Hoffman Cool. Hoffman Coos, Coos, by the way, still in business. Now, Hoffman Coos. Where? Where? On Long Island? You made me look it up. Hoffman Coos now down to seven locations. (laughs) (laughs) Announcing. In the uh, tri state area or? Yeah, yeah, tri state area. They're down to seven locations. I don't um, think they're national. And the back of a truck behind a path mark. But their website is active. Okay. Got, they've actually got Twitter uh, and Facebook accounts. They so do their, Twitter. Don't call it a comeback. I'm totally following Huffman Coos on Twitter, by the way. <laughs> Please don't. That's <laughs> precious bits and bites that you're taking off the grid <laughs> for someone else. Here's here's my fun load question, Peach. I'm going to set it up for you it nicely. better be about furniture. <laughs> a chaise lounge. What is it, and where do I get one? Um, <laughs> you know uh, I was reclining on the chaise lounge today. 
So we we uh, Cal and I have just been alerted that our 20 year high school reunion is going to happen this summer. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, exactly. Which means a couple things. One, we're old. But two, more importantly, uh, we were we were just wondering if there was a way to sort of retro bet things. And I want to start a, a website called RetroBet.com. And the the idea is that like, give me the odds that this like, if you could have taken odds in 1992 when we graduated high school that this person would say this or do this. Right. And this is all, of course, taking place on Facebook, which, by the way, whole separate fun load has made reunions completely dispensable. I mean, do, do I really need to physically go to a reunion? I go to one every day on Facebook. My high school classmates got together on Facebook and organized a boycott of my 20-year reunion because it was so expensive. And they they came up with uh, an alternate location on a different night, and more people went to that one. Right. I think ours is going to be done entirely uh, uh, over Facebook. But that's what it looks like. Wouldn't you love RetroBet.com? You could do it for sports. You could do it for anything. But, like... Sounds like it could get insulting pretty fast, but <laughs> that's not the intention. You got to check your ego at the door here. What, what were the odds this guy was getting into the closet with Clooney? <laughs> it's more about like if I could go back and get odds on this. You know, we we all want the Back to the Future two, you know, sports almanac. So like, but like, give me. Like the odds of this person doing this would have been easily like eight hundred to one, and they did it. Right. For example, what would the odds have been that Alex Smith was going to run a ball in from thirty-five yards out to give the San Francisco Forty ers a lead against the Saints in a playoff game? And if somebody would have told you five years ago, or seven years ago, five years ago, yeah, because he was drafted yeah. seven years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, because you want him to have been a bust for a couple of years, and now you know Alex Smith, and someone's going to tell you, in the year 2012, this is going to happen. I'll give you odds on it. What, is, what do you got? Right. The retro bet has a lot of potential. It might. Sure. It sure. because, And especially in sports and, and with football, because prop bets are so popular. You know, like a prop bet, like uh, like the, the big prop bet from the Denver uh, Patriot game, page was completions for Tebow. The over-under mm. completions for Tebow in the game was 11.5, which I strongly advise my friends to take the under, and they did, and they won. Um, but, you know, prop bets are so popular. Like, if that if I gave you that prop bet five years ago that Alex Smith is going to score a rushing touchdown against the Saints in the NFC Championship game five years from now, I could have got, got like 550,000 to one. And it, it it works for uh, people on uh, on Facebook, and it works for like reunion Here. stuff. And it how about how about this one? The year is two thousand four. I'm gonna give you odds that not only is the the recent book that came out Moneyball going to be made into a movie in seven years. Love it. But that but that Brad Pitt will be playing the role of Billy Bean. I'm giving you odds. What could that be? I would set that at. I think Vegas sets that at seven thousand to one. Brad Pitt 
All right, this is coming off of the Ocean's Eleven, Ocean's Twelve. You know, Brad Pitt, biggest star in the world. He's going to play Billy Bean. Doesn't even look like him. In a baseball movie. In a baseball movie about statistics. <laughs> it's a book about a statistical theory. <laughs> and they're going to make a movie with Brad Pitt. <laughs> 7,001. When I heard, a couple of years ago when I heard that they were doing this, I, I swear I thought it was a joke. Yeah. No, absolutely. Like, like Billy Bean came out and said, yeah, and Brad Pitt's going to play me in the movie. <laughs> That's funny, Billy. That's a good one. Wait, yeah. what? That's the throwaway line. Yeah, right. And Brad, and Brad Pitt's going to play me. Yeah. Right. I, I tell you, retro uh, I think we need to call it retro odds, not retro bet. Come on, let's give me yeah, give me one. Retro you guys got to have the odds in 2007 that Napoleon Dynamite was going to be a career maker for that John Heater guy. Not and, once, but, and, but twice. And get, I'll give you an even better one. Napoleon Dynamite came out in what, like 04? About okay. What, I, give me the odds that he'll have no career and his rebound is going to be an animated series in 2012. That's what I mean. It's, Napoleon Dynamite makes his career not once but twice. That's right, and it's right. going to be an animated series in 2012. But at, but at the yeah. time, but at the time that the movie comes out, you don't think that his career is going to be non-existent. Those odds would be tremendous. You'd make a killing in 2004, Probably. and you'd say it's going to be an animated series someday. By the way. Fantastic. I love it. How about uh, we we could do one that we just did. Let's go back to 1998, right? And I'm going to give you, what are the odds that the Islanders won't beat the Flyers <laughs> in four years in Philadelphia? <laughs> you know what? I'll give you 450 to one on that. 450 to one. Because the Islanders were a bad team in 97, right? Right, right. Yeah, they were. But still. Huge odds. Uh-huh. Oh, this is uh, – retro odds is fun. It's great. You got You have to – for it to work, you have to think of the most ridiculous things. Yeah, but possible. they can't – but they can't be – like the Moneyball one is perfect. Moneyball is perfect. You know, like yeah, they, because... they can't be out of hand. No. You know, I – okay. The British office. Right? Go back to the British office. Right. Say, what is that, 2003 maybe? 2002? Mm-hmm. Give me the odds that Ricky Gervais is going to be the host of the Golden Globes two years in a row. The Golden Globes in America. Three years in a row. Three years in a row. Ricky Gervais is going to be the host of the Golden Globes for three years straight. Huge odds you'd get on that. you tremendous odds. I, I, first of all, we need a DeLorean. That's first of all. 1994, uh, lead singer of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler, is going to be a judge <laughs> on a contest in which kids try to sing their way into a recording contract. That's perfection. Better yet, let's go back to 1979 when he's really strung out on heroin. <laughs> Right. <laughs> I mean, it's just... He's going to be a star of the, the international family hit. That's right. <laughs> Retro, uh, RetroOdds.com. 1984. Uh, Ice Cube is going to be a Disney star. <laughs> <laughs> Nin- uh, ni- 1986. Ice-T is going to be on a... Uh, is going to be a respected <laughs> actor on uh, on a Law & Order series. 
Ice T. <laughs> Shortly after getting into the Pimping Hall of Fame, which he's in, by the way. First first ballot. God first God. ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. Ice T will be a respected member of the acting community. I like I like the <laughs> unanimous selection, wasn't he? That's right. He's the Tom Seaver of the Pimping Hall of Fame. He is the Tom Seaver of the Pimping Hall of Fame. First ballot and uh, unanimous. Ninety percent. What are the odds that PJ is going to work in a chocolate factory and then become a staple of New York sports entertainment? <laughs> Again, no one would give you those odds. No. No one would won't. give you those odds. They still won't. <laughs> they because deny it. We haven't done the staple in the sports community part yet. We're working on that. Oh, you find somebody who doesn't know me. Now, I tell you, I can't. Thank I've you. tried. I've tried. I uh, I love the I love this retro odds idea. It, Peach, if we gave you some time on this, you'd have a party with us. Oh yeah, you'd have a party. You know, I, with I suppose if I did any show prep, I might have known about it. You did show prep. I saw you laying on the couch. The chaise lounge. <laughs> I saw you on your chaise lounge rubbing your belly. I was on the chaise lounge. I was enjoying my Apple ecosystem. What? This is what you got to do now. You're in. You've got. You've got the iPhone. That now starts the ecosystem. Okay. You need. 1992. Naughty by Nature has a big hit with the song OPP. In 20 years, the Giants are going to have a guy with very similar initials to that, and they're going to make a song about it. They're going to bring the song back, and make a song about it. They did. They did, didn't they? You down with you, right down, now. you down with JPP? Are they? Yeah. Are they really? Yeah. Okay. First of all, a couple things on that. I'm sure it's been killed, but can we just talk for a second about John Parr remaking Same <laughs> Fire and replacing St. Elmo's with T- Tim Tebow's Fire? Can we just but talk? He didn't, did he really remake the song? Because if you listen to the words, it's very similar. He didn't do any, he didn't do anything except change St. Elmo's Fire to Tim Tebow's Fire. That's it. But he re-recorded it. That's correct. So, so it's John Parr, twenty-five years older. PJ can't even pick up the phone right now. I, I, you... I, I nearly hit the floor. I had no idea that this was out there. That's correct. Oh, you haven't heard this, PJ? No, I was at Huffman Goose all day. <laughs> I can, I can... <laughs> he didn't even bother to change the chorus, the words in the chorus. So, so do me a favor. PJ, to yourself right now, or aloud. Yeah. yeah. Just uh, substitute Tim Tebow's fire for St. Elmo's fire. Wow. In the chorus. 1986. Well, he's uh, a man in the motion. Stars of he's a man in motion. Listen, one of the stars of St. Elmo's fire, Rob Lowe, is going to break big news on something called Twitter. <laughs> regarding an NFL quarterback retiring. <laughs> That was wonderful. Uh, going back to John Parr and Tim Tebow's fire, and uh, and now JPP, yeah, you know me, right? Uh, for Pierre Paul, uh, <laughs> like, why do people think that that's clever? Like, that's when what I was like, just going to ask you. Why, the why, media, why? Why do they clever? It, uh, they think, oh, you 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 have to see. People are so proud of themselves when they when they make that. You know, like. A news reporter is doing a, a a story on the highlights, and they go, "And JPP here, you know me with the tackle, and like they're really like, look what I did." 
Well, I suppose, I mean, I mean, like, one of the biggest songs in the country right now is Red Solo Cup, isn't it? I, is it? I don't, we are I don't holding that bar pretty low right now. <laughs> Red Solo Cup. Oh, no. I have what, heard you that don't, song. No, you've, heard, you've heard the Red Solo Cup. It, it's, an, it's an ode to the Red Solo Cup. Yes, I know what that is. All right. Let's move on, because that makes me ill. Last last thing we got to touch on. Oh, gee. Um, Pige, you said something about completing Dragon's Lair? On I Facebook, sure I don't know if yes. I don't. Know. Cal, did you see this? I did. Yes. I have only ever done it now as a very old adult. Now, Dragon's, Dragon's Lair, Lair was like the really 3D one, right? It was. It was the one that was that was a real cartoon. Don Bluth, the animator. That's right. That's right. Put it out, and you are Dirk the Daring running through a castle and yep. dodging flames and shooting down rivers, and you're going to save the princess from the dragon. Yep, I remember it. They had it at the bowling alley next to my house. It was impossible. Because I, I thought, impo- I thought for a second you were referring uh, to Gauntlet, of course. Oh, Gauntlet was a great game. Elf needs food badly. One of the first uh, multiplayer games, four players yep. at once. TJ, what platform did you play this game on? I started to play it on the DS. My son has a DS. And I said, Mm -hmm. you know what? I bet you they have this on the iPad right now. And I went to the App Store. They had it on uh, in an HD version. And all they did is, I mean, they poured it over the cartoon from the old LaserDisc. um, And it, it works just like the game. Wow. You know, I mean, the game did not have complicated controls. It was left, right, up and down, and swing the sword. So it was, you know. It's awesome. It's great. It's great. I still died a lot. I mean, you die a lot. (laughs) But but when you finally finish the game, they sew together all the scenes so you could actually see the cartoon of you running through the castle and getting the dragon and the princess. It did that on the, uh, the video game, too. Oh, see, well, having never I, finished it. <laughs> I know somebody who completed it. I mean, I have literally been waiting 28 years <laughs> to, to see this thing. Wait, is that, when you, is that when you learned how to read? Yes. <laughs> or is that me? The no, wait, that's was me. Hard. It, was, it was a joystick, and you had to react to things you didn't know were coming. Yeah, no, I remember the game well. I played it quite a bit at the bowling alley uh, next to my house in the arcade growing up. That RBI baseball gauntlet, punch out, and uh, NBA Jam. No, not RBI baseball, and of course Super Mario Brothers, which I actually I could got never ra- get through I all, actually all got the way grounded to punch from. out either. No, never got. I did on Nintendo, not all the way through in the arcade. Yeah. NBA Jam came later. I actually got grounded from. Super Mario Brothers in the arcade. Like, not allowed to go to the bowling alley to play it. We had a problem. Oh. And we used to, we used to, we used to lie to my grandmother and say, oh, we met a friend. <laughs> I used to, go, used, to go, used to go around the corner with my buddy Kev, and I was like 11, 12 years old, and we'd come back like six hours later. And like we were supposedly supposedly going to the stationery store or riding bikes or something like that, and my grandmother'd be like, Where did where where did you go? Oh yeah, we met a friend. Like the two the two eleven year olds were hanging out with their boys. 
And we met some friends. And we bu- we bumped into them. It was completely random. Meanwhile, we're feeding quarters into Nintendo, you know, into uh, Super Mario Brothers. What are Junkies. the odds? 1983, what are the odds that PJ is still playing this game? <laughs> <laughs> In 2012. They were not good. Hey, listen, we gotta we got to wrap up, guys. But before we do, is it tomorrow night, Cal? Do you have anything to plug, Cal? No, it's not tomorrow night. It's next week. Ah, oh, son of a... Ah, I'll plug uh, it next week. Yeah, you will. We may do an I entire will. show about it next week. I'll plug it next week. The whole show may be about it next week, my friend. Yeah, well, it's the off week between the playoffs and the Super Bowl, so we got right. nothing else going on. Well, there'll be plenty of JPP stories. Yeah, you know me. Plenty of uh, song parodies for sports, because those always work out really well. Those are fun. I can feel the fire burning Tim Tebow's fire. That's what he came up with. That was his big... Thanks, John Parr. Uh, PJ, final number. Yeah, next week I'm going to be talking about the uh, Apple ecosystem and how to get you on it. And I'm also going to tell you about the amazing computer that I bought for $62. $62, folks. That's with shipping. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, I don't know if I can wait till next week for that. <laughs> I don't know if I can make it. Cal, final unload. Uh, since since you brought up the twenty year high school reunion that seems to be in in full force right now, I have a feeling that two thousand twelve is going to be the year of the retrobet.com, and there's going to be a lot of retroing going on. So stay tuned for that, folks, because it's going to get annoying. I think <laughs> season three is throwback year. Yeah. Uh, and my final unload is uh, congratulations to the New York Islanders. I know we talked about it a little bit, but seriously, seriously, I can't tell you how good it feels to beat the Flyers tonight. I mean, just in a, in a season where Cal and I have had no joy, and I repeat, no joy out of the teams we root for. None. Uh, in the same the back-to-back wins, they beat Dale Hunter, and then they beat the Flyers. Good job, Iles. All right, we'll talk to you folks next week. Thanks so much for tuning in, and uh, have a great week, everybody.